Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. In our first installment in this series, we focus our attention on just one question. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Why do we need the Holy Spirit? We've heard about the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the various ideas that are going on in the church, the various doctrinal positions that people hold when it comes to the issue of the Holy Spirit. And the question that we're asking before we go deep into the study was why do we need the Holy Spirit? And the consistent testimony of Scripture is that we need the Holy Spirit to be able to complete or continue the work of salvation that Jesus himself started on earth. Jesus said in Matthew 28 verse 19, he said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you even unto the very end. So one of the reasons why we need the Holy Spirit is to empower us to continue what Christ started. Another reason, the Holy Spirit serves as a comforter for us who are believers. John 14, 16 tells us, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Jesus understood that we cannot do the work that is living or he has called us to do in our own power. As a result, he said he was going to give us another helper, another comforter that will help us as we try to execute his plans on earth. Another reason why we need the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit enhances our fellowship with the Almighty God. John chapter 4 verse 24 tells us that God is a spirit and anyone who will serve him must serve him in spirit and in truth, which means that you need the spirit of the Almighty God to truly serve him. The Bible also tells us in Romans 8 verse 26, it said, likewise the spirit helps our weakness for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groaning that cannot be uttered. In other words, it is the Spirit of God that helps and facilitates our fellowship with the Almighty God. Not only that, we need the Spirit of the Almighty God, we need the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. John 16 verse 13 tells us, However, when the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak and He will tell you things to come. In other words, as we continue to walk with Him and fulfill the purpose of God on earth, we need the Spirit of the Almighty God to guide us into the deeper truths of Scripture. And finally, we said, we need the Holy Spirit to form and to reveal Christ in us. In other words, nobody comes to the Father except Him that is called. And the only way they can be called is for them to get the revelation of Christ. And that revelation of Christ is only possible by the work of the Holy Spirit. And as we receive that revelation of Christ and we act according to that revelation, the image of Christ is now formed in us. First John chapter 2 verse 6 tells us, He who says he abide in him ought also to walk as he walked. And the Bible makes us to understand that when you walk in the path of our Lord Jesus Christ, the image of Christ is formed in you and that is only made possible by our relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's why we need him. 
ignoring the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit can be very detrimental to our Christian walk. It is dangerous for an individual who is a Christian. It is dangerous for the body of Christ, the church, to try to operate by ignoring the Spirit of the Almighty God. We said when the person or a ministry or a church ignores the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, what you will find is that the body of Christ will have no option but to rely on their own ability. It's either we are trusting God or we are trusting man. And if we do not know the person of the Holy Spirit, we do not recognize this ministry, you'll find it very difficult to depend on the person you don't know. And as a result, we will find out that we'll have no option than to depend on the arm of our flesh. So we see, when the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit is not recognized, men will depend on the arm of the flesh to carry out the work of the Spirit. And the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 9, it said that he that keepeth the feet of the saint and the wicked are silent in darkness, for they by strength shall no man prevail. If we do it in our own strength, not depending on the Spirit, there's a strong probability that we are not going to move very, very far. The Bible also makes us to understand that when a man does not depend upon the Holy Spirit, does not recognize his person, and does not accept the ministry of the Spirit of the Almighty God, what you find is that victorious Christian life becomes very, very challenging. You'll be up today and you'll be down tomorrow. When the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit is not recognized, discernment is lost. You can ask Eli. When the Spirit of God departs, discernment is lost. You cannot see because he's supposed to bring things to your remembrance. He's supposed to teach you all things. And when it's not there, you don't know the things that are available. Not only that, when we do not recognize the person of the Holy Spirit and we do not embrace his ministry, victory over sin becomes elusive. Because the Spirit of God that is able to convict sin is no longer there. And that is why men will continue to speak the words of Scripture, but they have difficulty living the words of Scripture. And then finally, when the ministry of the Spirit of God is not recognized, when His person is not appreciated and welcomed into our lives, the Christian life becomes difficult and powerless. That is why in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul was describing the life of people in the last day. He said in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will become lovers of themselves. But by the time you get to verse 5, Paul the apostle says, men and women will have a form of godliness, but they will deny the power thereof. When the spirit is not known, when the person of the Holy Ghost is not recognized, when his ministry is not embraced, the life, the Christian life becomes powerless. There is a need for us as believers, for us as a church, to do two things. Number one is to rediscover the person of the Holy Spirit. We have to rediscover the person of the Holy Spirit and we have to embrace his ministry in our lives so that we can begin to see God walk and move on our behalf. And we said that if we do not do that, what you will find is that how far we are going to travel on this Christian journey, how far we are going to walk with the Almighty God is a function of our level of communion and fellowship with the Holy Ghost. How well the Christian life is going to produce results, the kind of impact we are going to have as believers is a function of our relationship with the Holy Ghost. And as we continue this series, we'll continue to focus on the person of the Holy Spirit. We want to first of all understand who is this Holy Spirit? Who is this Holy Spirit? We need to understand this person. We must know who he is. And our main question is, who is the Holy Spirit? Now, if you look through the scriptures, the Bible is full of descriptive adjectives that paints the picture of the person of the Holy Spirit. 
The Bible uses symbols like wind, like fire, like water, like oil, like the dove to describe the Holy Spirit. While the Bible is using all those descriptive adjectives to give us a picture of who the Holy Spirit is, you will notice in the scripture that the Bible never at any point in time referred to the Holy Spirit as an inanimate, impersonal force. Jesus Christ, when he was explaining the need for the Holy Spirit and the coming of the Spirit of God, never referred to the Holy Spirit as an it. He always referred to the Holy Spirit as a person. Which means the Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It is not a force that just illuminates our heart and tell us things to come. No. Holy Spirit is a person that can be related to, that can be spoken to, that you can receive instruction from. Now, this is where a lot of people have difficulty when we talk about the Holy Spirit as a person. When people hear the word person, immediately in their mind, they are thinking about flesh and blood. They are thinking about the bones. They are thinking of something that they can handle when they hear the word person. But flesh and bones, hands and feet are not the defining characteristic of a person. Flesh and bones are just bodily substance. They do not define the personality of an individual. A person is more than his flesh and his bones. And having a personality goes beyond the physical. The personality of an individual are the attributes that describe that particular person. This attribute includes that person's intellect. It includes the emotion. It includes the will, the ability to act, and everything that makes up that particular individual. And as a person, the Holy Spirit can speak to us. That's what the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation chapter 2 verse 7. It says, He that has ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. In other words, the Holy Spirit can speak, which means as a person. The Holy Spirit can feel. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30, to say, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Which means the Holy Spirit has feelings. Number three, the Holy Spirit is a person because the Holy Spirit has a will to act. First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 11 tells us, he said, but all these things worketh that one and the same Spirit, dividing unto every man severally as he wills. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives you the things, the Spirit, that make you to function within his body as the Holy Spirit wills, not as you will. And that's why it gives some prophets, some apostles, some teachers, some evangelists, just as the Spirit of God wills. And if you read Acts chapter 16, verse 6, the Bible says, And when, that's talking about Paul the Apostle on his missionary journey, he said, And when they had gone through Phrygia, through the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they were come to Maesia, they are said to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. The Spirit has a will. He has the ability to direct. He has the ability to insist, I don't want you to do this, I want you to do this. Only a person can do that. An inanimate object, an impersonal force cannot do that. And then finally, the Holy Spirit can move. The Bible tells in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, there the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the water. The Holy Spirit can move. And those are some of the things that we see in scripture that tells us that the Spirit of God is a person. So you see the Holy Spirit, though a spirit is a person who can speak, who can move, who has emotion, who can feel, and who has a will. Now, if you are trying to understand the person, if you're trying to understand an individual, in the days when names had meaning, all you had to do was listen to what the person is being called. 
Listen to the name that is given to that individual. What an individual is called has a way of showing who that particular individual is. And so to understand the person of the Holy Spirit, we must first understand the various names that he is called in scriptures. And the names not only reveal who he is, the name gives us an insight as to what the Holy Spirit does in the life of an individual. And according to scriptures, there are so many names and the Holy Spirit is called in the Bible, but I'll quickly just share a couple with you. The Holy Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of God. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 tells us, Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells inside of you. So the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. And as the Spirit of God, it makes God a living reality in the life of a believer. Because when you have the Spirit of God, you can now see God working on your behalf. You can now see God operating in practical terms in your life. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. Number two, the Holy Spirit is also called the Spirit of Christ. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 tells us, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, it is none of his. The Holy Spirit, who is also referred to as the Spirit of Christ, it reveals Christ in us and it also forms Christ in us. In other words, it shows you who Christ is. And it now begins to conform you. As you begin to relate to the revelation that is given to you, it begins to help you to conform to that particular image of Christ. The Holy Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of God. It is referred to as the Spirit of Christ. It is also referred to as the Spirit of Promise. And as the Spirit of Promise, He is the promise that Jesus Christ said He was going to send. He is the promise of the Father to the believers in this current dispensation. The Holy Spirit is also called the Spirit of Holiness. And as the spirit of holiness, the Bible makes us understand that he impacts holiness into the life of those who encounter him. Romans chapter 1 verse 4 tells us, And declare to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only that, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the spirit of truth. As the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit communicates and impacts the truth into the life of the people who come in contact with him. In other words, he makes you, he reveals the truth to us. John chapter 14 verse 17 tells us, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither know him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. The spirit of truth reveals the truth about the word of God, the truth about things to come unto us. That's why it's called the spirit of truth. It's also called the spirit of life. Romans chapter 8 verse 2 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ have made me free from the law of sin and death. And we all know, for as many who are born again, you know that your salvation is the instrumentality, is the result of the spirit of God bringing conviction into our life, translating us from death unto life. So it's called the spirit of life. And as the spirit of life, is the one that imparts life to the dead who are outside of Christ. He is the one that imparts life into us by translating us, by bringing us from outside of the kingdom into the kingdom of life. It is the same spirit that brings life into situations that are dead. So the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of life. Not only that, he's also called the spirit of judgments. The Holy Spirit is referred to as the spirit of judgment. John chapter 16 verse 7 talks about, he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. 
For if I do not go away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe me not. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. And of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. So he is the spirit of judgment. And as the spirit of judgment, the Holy Spirit brings sin to life and convicts us of sin. And that is why when you are filled with the Spirit of God, when you go astray, the Spirit of God will convict you and you lose your peace until you come back into fellowship. So the Spirit of God is the Spirit of judgment. So you see, the names of the Spirit of God, the names of the Holy Spirit in Scripture, tells us that the Holy Spirit is God Himself. Because He who can bring conviction, He who can bring life, he who can dwell inside of you. Only a spirit that has the attribute of God can do all that. So the spirit, from the names of the Holy Spirit that we see, we say that the Holy Spirit is God because he's part of the Trinity. Matthew 28 verse 19 tells us, Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ elevated the Holy Spirit to the same level as God, the Father, and God the Son. So, he is God, part of the Trinity. Number two, the Holy Spirit has a divine title. Acts of the Apostles chapter 5 verse 3. Peter was talking to Ananias and Sapphira. He said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the land for yourself? While it remained, what is not yours? After it was sold, what is still not your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart and you have not lied unto men but unto God? So you see the association of the Holy Spirit and God there. He asked divine title. Peter doing the same thing that Jesus Christ did. He equated the Holy Spirit to the same level as God the Father and God the Son. Not only that, the Holy Spirit has divine authority. It has divine authority as to how the gospel will be preached, where the gospel will be preached, and who will be preaching the gospel. Acts 28, reading from verse number 25, the Bible tells us, and when they did not agree among themselves, they departed after Paul had said one word. The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet to our father, saying, Go to these people and say, Hearing they will hear, then they shall not understand. And seeing they shall see, but they shall not perceive. That is Paul the apostle quoting Isaiah chapter 6 verse 9. But Paul took the word of Isaiah and attributed it to the Holy Spirit. Divine authority resides with the Holy Spirit also. And not only that, the Holy Spirit also has what is called divine attributes. In the book of Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14, we see that he is referred to as the eternal spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10, we are told that he knows all things. In Luke chapter 1 verse 35, we are told that he has all power because he was able to create life through the unusual methods. And then in Psalm 139 verse 9, we are told that he is omnipresent. And that was what David said. David said, where can I run from thee? If I go to the heavens, you are there. On the ground, you are there. Under the waters, you are there. So he's omnipresent. So he has divine attributes. He knows all things. He can do all things. And he's everywhere. And he's eternal. Not only that, we see that the Holy Spirit has divine personality. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 tells us that he can help. Romans 8 26 also tells us that he prays through us. He's able to guide in John chapter 16 and he's able to command in Acts chapter 16, verse 6 and 7. And also he's able to comfort us. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. So you see that the Holy Spirit has what is called a divine personality. Not just the divine attributes. 
Not just the divine authority. Not just the divine name. But he has divine attributes. Not only that, the Holy Spirit also performs divine works. The work that can only be ascribed to the Almighty God. The Holy Spirit performs it. He is the one that creates. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. He is the one that raises from the dead. Romans chapter 1 from verse number 4. He is the one who saves. John chapter 3 from verse number 5, 2 to 7. And is the one that reproves sin. John chapter 16 verse 8. So you see, the things that are attributed to the Almighty God. Only God can create and the Holy Spirit is seen in creation. Only God can raise the dead. And we see the Holy Spirit involved in the work of raising up the dead. Only God can save and deliver one from sin. We see the Holy Spirit fully involved in the work of salvation. Only the only God can reprove of sin. We see Holy Spirit involved in reproving and conviction of sin. And then finally, we see the Holy Spirit is distinct from the Father. So when you talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, it has brought a lot of confusion into the church. There are people who believe, who are doctrinally inclined to say that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is just one God expressing himself in three different ways. But these are three distinct and different personalities. Luke chapter 3, reading from verse number 21, the Bible says, Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying. The heavens were opened. That's Jesus and the water. The heavens were opened. The Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice from heaven said, Thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Three clearly distinct personalities at the same time. Jesus in Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 told her to go into the whole nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Three distinct personalities. In John chapter 16 verse 7, Jesus was telling his disciples that he was going to go to the Father. And that the Spirit of God will come from the Father to replace him. Three different personalities. Jesus going to the Father, the Father existing on his own, and then the Holy Spirit coming to replace Jesus. So you see... The Holy Spirit, though he is God, but is distinct from the Father, is distinct from the Son. The Holy Spirit is a separate personality. Have your mutual relationship with the Father and with the Son. Now, the interesting is that why is this important for the church to understand? Why is it important for believers to understand this? My brothers and sisters, it is important for us to understand it because when you know the person and the ministry of the Holy Ghost, it enhances your relationship with him. You only have relationship with the person that you know. If as a believer we do not believe in the person of the Holy Ghost, we will not be able to relate with the Holy Ghost. Number two is it is important for us to know the person and the ministry of the Holy Ghost because it strengthens our faith. The more you know the Holy Spirit, the more your work with the Almighty God is strengthened. Because it's the Spirit of God that reveals. It is the Spirit of God that teaches. It is the Spirit of God that reveals deep things unto us. And the more things you get to know, the more your faith is strengthened. So if you don't know Him, you will miss out on His ability to lead and to guide and your faith will be weakened. Not only that, number four. It is important for us to know the person of the Holy Spirit because... It helps us to accept and to receive his ministry. When you know an individual, it is easy for you to accept what he has to offer. If you don't know him, you cannot accept the ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is able to heal. He's able to deliver. He's able to set free. He's able to give revelation. He's able to give direction. He's able to give guidance. Unless you accept the Holy Spirit, you cannot enjoy His ministry. And that is why it is important for believers to know who the Holy Spirit is. Not only that, knowing the person of the Holy Spirit emboldens our walk. We all know the story of Peter. The Bible says that when Jesus Christ died, they went into hiding. But after an encounter with the Holy Spirit, after Peter got to know who the Holy Spirit was, you begin to find that Peter became a different person. The same people he was running away from, the same people he denied Christ in their presence, that same people was, was where Peter went to testify of the things that Christ has done in his life. So knowing the person of the Holy Spirit emboldens our walk. Number five, knowing the person of the Holy Spirit gives us access to our redemptive package. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. The Bible tells us, they say, Eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor has he entered into the heart of men, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. He said, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit such all things, yes, the deep things of God. In other words, for us to receive the divine package, the redemptive package that Jesus Christ bought for us on the cross of Calvary, you need to know the person and the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Because without knowing the person and the ministry of the Holy Ghost, we will not be able to have full access to the things that Christ has purchased for us through his blood. In other words, we need to know the spirit of the Almighty God for us to be able to enjoy all things. The Bible tells us in John chapter 14, verse 26, He said, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send, He said, He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. That is the reason why you must know Him. Because He will teach you all things and He will bring all things to your remembrance. When Jesus was about to, He was looking at His disciples, telling them, He said, There are many things I want to tell you, but you cannot receive it. In other words, your mind cannot appreciate. You cannot grasp the depth of the mystery of the kingdom of God. You can't. We say, but when the Spirit of God comes, He is going to teach you all things and bring all things unto remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. That is when it begins to make sense. When you know the person of the Spirit of God and you are able to appreciate His ministry, that's when you read the Scriptures and the Scriptures come alive. That's when the Word of God makes sense. That's when the remnant of the Word of God begins to fall into place in your life and situation. But without the Spirit of God, you do not have access to the, all things that the Spirit of God is willing to teach. The question is not whether there is a Holy Spirit. It's not whether you need to accept it. The question is, have you received him? And do you know him? Do you know that spirit of the almighty God? And have you received the gift and the promise of God for this particular dispensation? That is the question. For those who believe that spirit of God went with the ages, you will find out that you are missing out on what God wants to do through his spirit in this day, in this dispensation. So I ask again, have you received him? Do you know him and have you received him as the gift and the promise of God for this day and age? Because only those who know and accept the person of the Holy Spirit can access the benefit of his ministry in this dispensation. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube.
Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.